Hey there, this is Christina Borsetti, and you're listening to the And Then Be Well podcast. Welcome to episode eight of the Invendivo podcast. I am your host and coach, Christina Borsetti, and thank you so much for coming back. Or if it's your first time, welcome in, have a seat, get warm, get cozy. Right now, it's the top of the new year, 2023. And as I'm recording this intro, I'm looking out my window and it is snowing very lightly. However, it is sticking as well, which is really pretty. I always love that first snowfall when it's just white and untouched before, right, we're driving all over it and dirtying it up and dragging it in and out of the house in my car where I have to clean it up. But so this is really nice to look out the window right now and just watch the little flakes fall down and keeps me in reminder that we're still in that winter season. There is still a lot to uncover and unveil before we get to the spring season, which is exciting and exciting thing to think about as we are moving through different seasons, both in our life physically and actually spring, summer, winter, fall. And because we're at the top of the year, a lot of us are in that headspace of setting goals or continuing in a path to reach a specific goal, destination, dream, what have you. I like to believe that if you are listening to this podcast, you are someone who sets goals for yourself, whether it is small or large, seemingly out of touch goals, you're someone that is forward thinking and impact driven. And that's why today's episode I know is going to be one that you will move away from feeling really confident and how to be more flexible while you are walking towards that goal. Today's guest, Tenniel Hoogland, is the founder and head coach of Element Sports Coaching. And I want to tell you about Tenniel's backstory because she's also a former professional athlete. So if anyone is going to be able to speak to what it means to really focus in on a goal and work hard for it, it's going to be Tenniel. Let's take you way back to the beginning of Tenniel's athletic journey. She said it began on the ice. She was skating at her local rink in Calgary, Alberta. And she said she believed she was Olympic caliber skating material. Then she realized she didn't like the cold. So she decided to jump into the pool instead. And she pursued synchronized swimming for 11 years. She joyfully trained, fixating on a long-term dream to represent Canada at the 2000 Sydney Olympics, which is pretty awesome. Now, although Tenille acquired many successes, she said her dream was never realized. So she shifted, finding she had this immense energy to pursue an athletic challenge. She found triathlon after she earned her bachelor's of arts in psychology, a master's in public administration, and she was traveling the world as an active guide for back roads, which I think is just fascinating. This all led her to a job as a senior planner for the 2010 Olympic and Paralympic Winter Games. And during her role here, she completed her first sprint triathlon and won her age category, followed by her first Olympic triathlon, winning first overall woman. Tenille said there was no turning back after that. She received her elite card about a year later in 2006. And then fast forward to 2010, she became a full-time professional athlete before she changed her focus to half Ironman events in 2011. 
And in 2013, Tanil retired from professional sport, but she still plays a vital role in athletics coaching through Element Sports Coaching. But also she worked as a race director for Ironman and led age group team Canada to world championships for triathlon Canada. And very recently she was recognized by the Outspoken Awards, which aim to acknowledge the monumental contribution of women in endurance sports as the Triathlon Coach of the Year, which I think is really cool. Now, she said all of this made her realize that all of her experiences, every single one of them, led her to where she is now. So now she's the head coach, as I said, and founder of Element Sports Coaching, and she has a passion for advocating for women's health and performance. She says she has arrived at what now is her life's work, which I think is just so beautiful. And Tennille is a beautiful soul. You will understand that when you listen to today's episode, she's got the experience, she's got the education, the certification, she's always learning. She talks a little bit more about the different education that is really helping her to understand how we tick, which I think is something I'm pretty fascinated about and I wanted to pick her brain more about it. I held back from getting too scientific in today's episode and really wanted to bring home a couple of points. We have a, a very organic and natural conversation that just flowed, I felt, very seamlessly between the two of us because it is a conversation that needs to be had that in perimenopause we begin to perhaps lose a bit of our identity and how do we stay within who we say we are she said it as Tinil says it i love it she goes who we say we be how do we stay within integrity of who we say we are and what really defines that and she does a really wonderful job of discussing that which i think all of you will find really enlightening as well She talks about her different pillars that she uses within her coaching group. And it's, she talks about cycles. She talks about circadian and fradian cycles, the cycles of stress and recovery and mindset. And although we don't, again, dig too deep into each of these, because it would have been a very long episode, she just talks about the importance and the interconnectivity of all of these when we're talking about our health goals, our long-term healthy lifestyle pursuits. And the other touch point I wanted to bring up with Tanil was what defines being an athlete? Because my own story is I reached my 40s and I'm thinking to myself, I train, quote unquote, I'm training, I'm lifting weights and I'm running and I'm doing XYZ insert whatever workout. And I feel like I'm training for what, what am I training for (laughs) the end of the world? What am I training for? And I wanted to have something to say I was training for, whether it was a 5k or a 10k, or it was that I was going to go hike, uh, an extra, you know, two miles because my furthest amount is X, Y, Z, whatever it is. I wanted to have some sort of visible goal and that might resonate with you. And I didn't feel as though I was athletic enough or that I could define myself as an athlete. And 
I want to define myself as an athlete. I used to play sports way back in the day. You hear me talk a little bit about that in the episode. I played some softball and field hockey and I never continued on to pursue anything. And I want to now come back to the identity of who I say I be. I want to come back into a place where I can identify, okay, if I am wanting to be an athlete, what does that mean? And Does it have to look the same as we see in a Nike ad or the professional sports players that we see on TV? Is that what that looks like? And Tennille does a really nice job of bringing us all back down to earth and helping us to realize that we all are athletes. There's going to be a lot of really good stuff in this episode. I hope you're ready to listen in to Miss Tennille Hooklin of Element Sports Coaching, and I will circle back with you after the episode. so funny as soon as I hit that button I'm like (laughs) it like freezes you right the recording button it changes I'm live (laughs) I know the funny thing is like we're not but we are but yeah and then just include that all in there because it's you know all part of it it's all part of the conversation take note to Neil take take note to Neil I'll send you a note to Neil But yeah, we're sitting here with Tanil, who actually ended up in my inbox. And I have to be perfectly honest. I have no idea how your email ended up in my inbox, but I'm so happy it did because I am in this perimenopausal phase of life, which never had a tag to it before. And, you know, when your email came in, uh, basically the prelude to your launch, you had all these wonderful speakers coming in to talk to perimenopausal, menopausal phase of life and athletes. I was like, this is so cool. This is so different, but I want, yeah, I want you to talk about a little bit of the story of, you know, what brought you to help women in this phase of life. And then I'd love for our listeners to hear more about what you're doing. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and how, and I, I, I said this, um, or like, I keep coming back to it cause it's so important. And, um, Silken Lauman told me you have no idea. Silken Lauman is a, a heavily decorated Canadian, um, Olympian in the rowing sport of rowing and, uh, post-menopause now way, you know, into her, her life and has done phenomenal things. And uh, I had some life coaching with her and she said to me, Tanil, you have no idea, no clue how all the different chapters of your lives land you in a certain place, mm-hmm. um, but they all have purpose. And if you can, like, it's truly remarkable. If you think about it, if you can truly trust where you're at and know that it's part of your story, what that gives you and what access that gives you, it's like, this is one of the hardest things I'm going through. And it's leaning into that challenge. It's leaning into whatever it is. So here I am now in a focus, as you say, working with women in perimenopause and beyond. And the why, the why is truly because it's because of where my age, because like, I'm like, I've got to get this dialed because I fell. (laughs) Like, like, honestly, it's like, it comes back to me really. No, but it's. What do we, what I, what I saw as a young athlete, I went as a very young athlete, um, didn't know anything about female physiology. We didn't at at our age, like, I I don't know if it's across the board in the United States, but it definitely was in where I was at in Canada. Um, we didn't learn about our periods. 
-hmm. <laughs> we didn't yeah. learn, we didn't talk about, we didn't have access to this stuff um, in a way that was like, oh, this is biology. This is physiology. This is how it's yeah. going to impact your body. This is going to how it's going to impact as an athlete, your training. This is why being in health is important. So I went through decades of uh, being athlete and missing, like just putting my body through the ringer and then having, you know, my reproductive years, trying to get pregnant, going through real fertility challenges. And I didn't want to take on and I saw this massive gap for this life stage that you know between 35 and to the postmenopause so perimenopause can happen as early as 35 mm -hmm. and for me how I came to understand I'm like oh I'm really approaching that so I'm 43 now and I'm approaching that or I'm in it because my eggs were, I'm like the geriatric mother, you know, having her baby. <laughs> yeah, like no. That's no. what they call you. They call I you. I know. They it's shouldn't. Crazy. It's not yeah. fair. And they do. <laughs> and so I was like, and I had such problems because I was really starting to have off cycles at this point. And so I was like, you know, getting and dive in and start to understand hormones and then realize, holy smokes, young people aren't getting this it's starting to come to the forefront in, in numerous ways hopefully and you know making its way into communities and there's this massive gap still for athletes in perimenopause and beyond and specifically i am talking about people that want to or are being active mm -hmm. and what does that mean and how do we uh, be active in this life stage when there's so much shifting and how do we do it from a mindset? How do we do it from nutrition and training and recovery? So within those four pillars, and and I so, guess, yeah, oh, sorry. Go I was going to say the, I guess the only other thing I would say is because, um, representation matters. And I, if I look at what we imagine as what is, and you know, many listeners to this would be like, well, I'm not an athlete. And what is it that you're the first image that comes to mind as athlete? Like just close your eyes or Google it. And it is not representative of what athletes are across the board. And I want, I truly want for female athletes in perimenopause going into our forties, our fifties, our sixties to still know that they can claim the power of what that can be. Um, and the, the strength of being athlete and in a new way, in a new way and a new face that gives us that confidence to be, you know, stand up here. I am. I'm strong. I'm confident. I've got this. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. And that was something that we had talked about, um, in our own meeting, because I mean, I played sports when I was younger, but I, when I think of athlete, I think of someone like you who's done, you know, triathlon, tri I can't even spell, say the word triathlons. Thank you. And I think of the other day we were watching uh, a movie about pro surfer, Bethany Hamilton. And, you know, you think of these, they're heroes to me, they're heroes, the way they, way you use your body to defeat what us average, <laughs> I come to say myself as an average person is almost, to be honest, too fearful 
um, to do. I didn't grow up riding bikes or going. So my parents just were working all the time and we didn't do a lot of the activities, nothing against them, but I didn't have the drive. And so I think my whole life I, I sat in this bucket of, well, I'm not really an athlete. Now, would you say though, and because I wanted to go back to your statement, would you say like, you're, you're trying to change the face of what that looks like. Right. Mm-hmm. And that are we all in some way or shape an athlete? Right. Or, you know, is it someone who just wants to, who wants to ride their mountain bike and always have to work up to a competition? What does that look like? Cause I know you work with a variety of clients. So what does that look like? And, uh, you know, when you're saying changing the face of, of the representation of athleticism. Yeah, no, it's such a perfect question. So what I mean by that specifically is what does it take to be athlete? Like what are the qualities of an athlete? And I have like, I have the best athletes in the world. I just adore my athletes and they have shown me and through a number of years and I'd even say decades, like what I notice is the consistency between elite athletes that have, you know, qualifying for world championships and what others would be like cl- my closet athletes that they don't really, they, they love, they kind of be like, yeah, I'm your athlete to kneel and <laughs> start laughing and snickering. It's like, cause they think it, it doesn't necessarily stick for them, but who's working hard. Well, but they both are who's mm-hmm. overcoming their own challenges. Well, they both are. Does it look a certain way? Well, no, I can tell you by their heart rates, they are both at 90%. Now, is that elite athlete pushing out 200 watts? And so that's just a way of of measuring how Mm -hmm. powerful, how much force you're putting on a pedal. Or is that athlete putting out 85 watts? It doesn't matter to me. Those are just numbers. What matters is that you are finding your stress, you're finding your joy, you're finding your endorphins, you're finding your confidence, you're finding this way to move beyond what you thought was originally possible and you are opening up the gates to so much more possibilities and it doesn't we athlete yes like iris like that's the pointy end i was at the pointy end of what it means to be an elite athlete but as i am now definitely not in the pointy end it's i am discovering in the, in the same way, what's possible because I'm at a very different phase in my life. Like I just, mm-hmm. my priorities have shifted. So I was um, teaching a spin class this morning. <laughs> I was quite surprised. I was like, oh, wow, this is really hard. <laughs> and, you know, and I, if I actually had to compare numbers, it, it, I mean, I can't com- like, that's the comparison. That's the comparison, which we get stuck in. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's what I mean. It doesn't have a face. It has a, it's your face. It's, it's every listener's face of what does it mean to, to embody the meaning of athlete? It means I'm being, I'm trying to find consistency. I'm trying to work on something to know my body better. I am, I'm feeling that I'm pushing my body into, in my heart. My heart is working hard. That's what athletes do. They work their heart. They work their muscles. Mm -hmm. They get over in the mind. They think about nourishment so they can recover and build. Those are all components of being athlete. To me, that happens at every life stage. Mm -hmm. Not one. 
not just for those that look at and are going to the Olympics. Right. Which is what, as you said earlier, I feel like that's what we think of. We think athletes. For sure. You know, I do recognize as well, there's a bit of a nuance. It's like, okay, well, athlete is one that races or competes. Mm -hmm. And I think that we could put it into that box, but again, it's the, I'm more interested in the identity of what it takes. So I don't, I absolutely love, um, what I, what one of my athletes is um, thinking about and helping us think about how is it that we, like she, she put out something. She's like, yeah, we'll provide the goal and you provide the know-how that's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, what is it that you're trying to accomplish? That is something that athletes do. Mm-hmm. They set something out for themselves, but that doesn't have to be a race. It doesn't have to be an event. It can be I want to, one of my um, athletes wants to feel the energy of like, she's, she's just had a full day and she can still get up from the ground with like feeling good. Mm -hmm. And that's really like, that's pretty nuanced. Mm -hmm. If you Mm -hmm. think about it, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And I think, yeah, because again, during this, speaking of this phase of life, whereas like, if we were doing this in our twenties, it would look a lot different. Yeah. No, I love that because I do, you know, I, you know, I'm coaching women who are doing more Pilates, a lower impact, you know, Pilates instructor. And, you know, for them, it's like, what's the goal and can they define that as athleticism? And I think it is, if it's to retain your flexibility, your autonomy, your right autonomy alone, right. is such a big thing as the older we get, and you said earlier to cite that this phase of our life, it's not just what our body's going through. It's the environmental, right? We have kids, we, have, we become caretakers. There's different factors in our careers. We want to go find ourselves, you know, yeah. at least I can, a lot of us can relate that um, friends and myself alike. There's so many different things going on. So what does that look like? And can we still call ourselves athletes or can we become athletes? I think that's, you know, would you say it's society, society has made it seem so difficult to come into this category because mm. of how we honor and uphold certain athletes, would you say? That's like trying to breaking more barriers for, for other people. Yeah. Well, I think that, that you, you've hit on a point and James Clear makes this point and it's really, really cool. Um, it's, so it's coming back into the identity of what you want to be. So if you claim the idea, like he uses, this is his example. So I'll just, I'm just totally using what he says. Um, runner. I, I go running. Okay. okay. I didn't go running today. Okay. Well, bummer. I missed, I missed that opportunity. Therefore I just, I just missed that run or I am a runner. Well, a runner, when you start becoming, if you say I am that, that is my identity. Mm-hmm. Then all the actions, what we, when we feel off, you know, like that feeling of off, it's, it's when mm-hmm. you're not acting in with integrity to right. what you say you are. And so what's really beautiful about aim, like claiming an identity of athlete, or I am a runner, or I am a cyclist, or I am a Pilates you know, instructor, or I, I, I am embodying the, like Pilates is so 
cool. It's um, because I, I, it's an embodiment of a philosophy is Pilates. Mm -hmm. it's how that's how I look at it. That's how I understand it to be. Um, and, and all the breath, like I, 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 I am that, then you want to act in congruence with that identity. And so you may, it's becoming, and this is where, like, what does it mean? What do I try to really, really work on with my athletes is understanding flexibility. So uh, Dr. Michelle Seeger, you know, talks about the perfect imperfect plan, the perfect imperfect option. I, I can't go for my run, but what am I going to do? So I can stay within integrity of what I'm up to. And that is in that, that is this life stage that mm. is very menopause. And that is in the beyond, because if, if you're in your, your thirties or forties and in, in perimenopause, so you are, you may have, you know, still kids at home, you might be in starting to care for your elders. Um, you may be like, they, these years are really demanding on females in particular, I would mm -hmm. say. And now we have careers, we have, you know, like there's just so many demands. So how do we get to be and, and own that identity still? Well, it's not going to look pretty. And if you, if we only have the visual of the elite athlete, well, cut every, like, that's what, that was my life. I cut everything out to be that identity, the elite mm -hmm. professional athlete. That's a lonely way of being. It can be. I don't advise it to be that way because you know, I don't think that you meet your performance best when you're in that way. But I decided to do it like a monk, like, like I'm truly like a monk, um, like focus mm. and just be like, let's isolate, let's focus singularly on this goal of Olympics or of, you know, Ironman or of whatever it was. And that's when you get to that decision of like, okay, well, am I eating, sleeping? Is everything at its optimal amount? Am I you know, balancing the stress with the recovery perfectly. Mm -hmm. Well, who lives a life like that? Not many of us. Right. So there, it's not even a fair, you know, cup to hold in the, mm -hmm. the cup that we hold of what is athlete has to be so much bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, yeah. Yeah. that totally makes sense. And something that came to mind because, and I'm sure you see this as well, being in this wellness industry. And specifically over the last, I would say 10 years, because when I first got into this industry, it, it still wasn't as cool. Let's call it, you know, people were still just being active. Now it's got people all over influencing it, which is great. I love it. Let's influence good health. Right. But then there's also now we biohack and we try to find all these solutions, which again, good and bad holistically. Great. Let's lean a little bit more away from doctors to try to find preventative ways, which is kind of where we come in, right? Preventative ways. So we don't end up there, but then there's just an overwhelm with information and you, and it, I feel like people feel like they need to hold the cup, whether they're not an athlete or not get all the sleep seven days a week, drink all the water, <laughs> yeah. eat all the clean ways, be a present parent, be a loving spouse, significant other, make sure you're, you're kind to every person. It's like we have, they, 
at least, I mean, I personally feel this way, especially being in this industry that people think, okay, well, you're a coach. You must live this higher than thou lifestyle. I said, no, I'm like every, every, I had to come to a point exactly what you're saying where I'm like, calm down, Christina. Like you, you don't need to walk in, in this perfect, this perfect walk, trying to obtain all these things. You have to do the best that you can. And at what point do you say to yourself, it's okay that I didn't do my 20 minute hit workout today because I'm exhausted because I was up with my child all last night. What can I do? Like you said, to stay in the integrity of it. So I guess it's for a little bit of a statement, a little bit of a question. Like, do you're seeing, are you seeing that a lot, especially with the population that you work with? Yeah. Um, this, there's this, um, desire that again, coming like being athlete or taking on wellness has to look a certain way. And I, I think even youth are getting really bombarded with, you know, the image of, if you're on Instagram, this is what we do. Like, and we have our shakes with, you know, whatever <laughs> spirulinas and maca and turmeric and you have the <laughs> right like, dirt. Whatever. like oh my goodness like it just yeah. keeps on going and you could do 20 million things well first of all we wouldn't have jobs if if we actually lived in according to every single live holistically it like you we all would just leave living in this like environment where nobody had to worry about money Nobody actually had to worry. We would work because, but that was because it was something we loved to do. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't because we had to do it or, you know, like everybody's contributing equally. (laughs) It's just such a perfect, you know, economy didn't really matter. It didn't have to have a growth economy because it takes a lot of time. And yet it doesn't have to take a lot of time, but we have associated like, okay, like, I, I love what you're saying. It's like, okay, so I wake up in the morning and I'm supposed to do this. I have to, you know, wait 60 to 90. This is what I'm doing right now. So I'm just like, okay, I'm not allowed to have my coffee right first thing in the morning anymore because I'm having a little bit of a slump at the, in the afternoon. And that's mm-hmm. because my adenosine hasn't quite um, cleared before I'm drinking my coffee. So I'm masking the sleepiness effect. And then like, who knows this, the, these things, unless you're in our industry, right? Like, or sure. Like me, just tell you <laughs> and be like, oh, that might be a reason why you feel like you're, you know, slumping in the afternoon. I guess what I'm trying to say is this is that when we look at, I talk about everything in cycles. And sometimes we can be in a rhythm in which we stay in the cycle. And there's three cycles there's a cycle of timing, stress, and mindset. Um, and I can't put a hole in it. I'm trying to get anybody put a hole in my, my model and my philosophy, but timing in terms of you have circadian rhythms and infradian rhythms Mm -hmm. and circadian is how we are interacting with the light and the dark that, you know, it's temperature and it's light. We have infradian rhythms, which is our monthly cycle, whether you have a period or not, we still are connected to cycles within our bodies And so timing becomes important. And when we start feeling like we're really off or our energy is low, we can look to what in my life is not being timed right. Or Mm -hmm. um, the stress cycle, where is my stress higher? So your example of, I couldn't do my HIIT workout because I had another stress. 
we we want to just keep piling up one on the other rather than acknowledging okay so would it be good for my health would it be good for me right now to do the hit workout because it might actually bring up my cortisol and allow me to lower my cortisol or would it actually i'm just too chronically high i couldn't bring it up using a hit workout these are really like these are this is a bit more you know i'm getting a bit sciencey or you know hard to dig into in such a short amount of time but what i'm trying to say is that we have to continuously acknowledge exactly where we're at and make the decision based on being present and saying ah that's my stress cycle i am getting out of my right now i'm exhausted my stress was too high therefore i need to bring my stress down in something else so what is my perfect and perfect option option on this i need to just go for a walk because my actual need for my body to be in health, because we can still say the goal is still there. The goal of, I want to live, I want to live healthfully. I want to have energy. So if your goal is, I want to have energy, what is more important to you? Is it the hit workout? No. Mm -hmm. And then we can release ourselves from the, I didn't accomplish. I failed to stick with the plan. Well, the plan is actually to stay in health. The plan is actually to stay focused on, um, yeah, having, you know, a positive energy. And at this moment, my energy feels depleted. I'm out of cycle on my stress load. I need to bring back into my parasympathetic nervous system, which may take a five minute meditation. What are you going to access? Is it the is it the breath work? Is it the meditation? Maybe it's your Pilates class. Maybe it is walking with a friend. Maybe it is that hit class just to mm-hmm. get it out. Like sometimes, you know, we have this feeling, I just need to mm-hmm. push that energy out. And that's where we start to be athletes is understanding when do I get to apply the stress and when do I need to recover from the stress? But the stress isn't just one thing that, I mean, the stress as an elite athlete is the one thing we've removed the other stressors Mm -hmm. and and you know, some athletes, yeah, they have family, but let me tell you those athletes that have family or kids or whatever, they have incredible community and partners behind them that allow them to go for those three hour runs Mm -hmm. that like, that's the commitment of that's their job. Yeah. And so we can't forget and be like, oh, well, they figured it out or they did this or they did. It's not a comparison. Yeah, I I think we need flexibility and we Mm -hmm. want to keep coming back to what's the point? What's the point that we're really after Mm -hmm. in and what we're trying to achieve? And so that's where it's like, I ask you provide the goal. I'll provide the know-how and, and help guide you to learn the flexibility you need. Mm-hmm. So you can keep after and stay in integrity with what you, who you say you be, because that's what becomes, that's, that's when we feel good. That's so true. And I think a lot of people, at least the clients that I have worked with, they are so many things to so many different people. Mm that finding the time to become aware 
is very challenging for them. That is the first most basic step, right? So if you find that awareness, you can set the goal, you can then create the, the know-how, as you said, but if you can't take the time to figure that out, then you're just in this perpetual cycle and yeah. you're always just going to be grabbing at things, right? To try to pull you out of whatever hole you're in. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, it's super interesting because what you're pointing to is, um, is one of the, I think that's the hardest piece. And I think that that is, you know, one of the things that my business partner and I are looking at and, and going to be diving into is who is, who's ready to take on our program. Mm -hmm. And we need to do a better job at making sure the right people become part of it. And the reason is because it's a tall order. It's a tall order for us to say to you, to anybody that comes in and say, are you ready to do the work? Are you ready to grapple with the, and take hundred percent responsibility for what you see is happening and why it's so hard to give yourself the self-care that you need so that you can be the person that you want to be for all of those around you. That is hard work. It is something I am continuously working on and I'm in it. Like I don't, it doesn't stop. The work doesn't stop, but it's that, are you ready to grapple or do we need to keep going around in the tornado? Like that's how I describe it is a tornado in which you're getting swept up into. Mm -hmm. And once in a while, the tornado will spit you out and you'll kind of, you know, how in a tornado will just kind of collapse and you'll just collapse in under the stress and the pressure because you've been in it. And things you might be getting hit once in a while because the tornado picks up everything in its wake. Mm -hmm. And when we start to have, as you say, is that awareness, it's like when you're in the tornado, you're just like, I am spinning. <laughs> it's like, Holy smoke, what's going on? And then yeah. you start removing yourself and you start getting perspective and you start looking in and just saying, okay, well, that's my perfectionist self. That's my accommodating self. That's my rebellious self. I don't want to be told what to do. That's, and these are decision disruptors. This is what, again, from the work of Dr. Seeger is like, why is it? What is it? And that's, that's the work that I, I, I don't, I think that's the work as an elite athlete, you don't have to do necessarily because you're just getting rid of all that. Right. Nothing, nobody else matters right now. Mm -hmm. It's all, it's very internal on how am I going to be the best I can be in my physical mental space without having to worry about anybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That's not our world. That's yeah. not athlete in perimenopause and beyond. So in your program, you have pillars. Yeah. And I, yeah, I want, you touched just slightly on it earlier. You mentioned it. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, they, it's like mindset, nutrition, training, recovery. It's fascinating. Um, so a, another thing, and, and I'll bring it up now just to kind of share it. So I did something, I, um, I got really excited about this new technology and it's called Inside, I-N-S-C-Y-D. And it's a technology in which you're looking at your it looks at your physiology, what is happening, how much when you're stressing your body at different levels, and it's, it's tested running or biking, when you're stressing your body at different levels, what is it? How many fats are you burning? What is your, your mm. 
the carbohydrates are you're burning and why does this matter and how do you move the marker? It's really about becoming incredibly targeted to what you want to create. Now that might not be that important to become that target. If you, if your, if your goal is fitness and health, you don't need to be that targeted. You need to just know, did I work my heart? <laughs> did I get to my maximum heart rate? Did I get to right. working hard? And there's different levels of working hard. When I did that, I immediately said to myself, well, that's just, that's just physiology. What about the nutrition? If we're mm. going to start talking about carbohydrates and fats and how we're burning it. And I know that what you eat day to day matters more in how you're going to burn carbohydrates and fat in your exercise. Then there's this new, there's this nutrition angle. Mm -hmm. And so then I became, and I'm in the process of becoming certified for the metabolic efficiency training nutrition created by Bob Sibohar. And and it's looking specifically at what is happening with your blood sugar levels and how do we become more efficient to burn fat when we're at low intensity work. Mm. So as an example, I'll come back to my pillars in a sec, but like, for example, when you are walking, are you burning carbohydrates? You shouldn't be, you want your body to be burning fat because you have all the oxygen it needs, but what's happening right now and, and some would say a health crisis is that we're burning carbohydrates at such an alarming rate. Why? Because we're eating so many carbohydrates and carbohydrates. We absolutely need as female athletes in perimenopause and beyond and how much and when, and so what, what I do is I always in my pillars, I say, okay, so how is it that we are whole athletes? So I can't, I couldn't just do this physiological test and ignore this whole other way of being that's going to impact your whole physiology of how you burn carbohydrates or how you burn fats and how you're getting to your ultimate goal of, I want to do, I want to climb a mountain and I want to make sure that I can last. Well, part of that is like, well, how are you going to fuel yourself? And how do we fuel ourselves appropriately to last, to have that energy, to not have those dips so that we can feel vibrant and, and strong through beginning to the end. Mm -hmm. And so the pillars come in because there's nothing that we do that's not interconnected from mindset, nutrition, training, recovery, your sleep. If you're having sleep issue, we don't just look at your sleep. We look at nutrition mm -hmm. timing first thing in the day. Like I said, like, okay, so if you're wanting to sleep better, what are you doing first thing in the morning? How is it? What's your timing? So coming back into cycle, what is the timing for which you're going to bed, but you're waking up the timing of getting the, you know, the first rays of sunlight in the morning, the timing of, um, coffee, like I'm not, you know, having my coffee until two hours later, which is definitely a, a thing for me. <laughs> I recently tried that too. I'm walking around like a mummy for the first like hours. So I'm trying to get used to it. Yeah. Oh man, I, I am. I am. And I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious enough to stick with it and mm -hmm. I'll, uh, you know, my body is my body. So if it works great, if it doesn't, well, that didn't work. Let's try the next thing. <laughs> 
does that answer the question of like, what are the pillars? Because to me, yes. you can't do one without the other. And therefore yeah. we need to all continuously explore, explore in the areas of, okay, well, what do you want to improve? What is it that we're after? What, where will you have more vitality, health, or reach your goals that you're, you're interested in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that does. And I think not only for an athlete or someone whose goal is something more athletic, like you said, climbing a mountain, or mm-hmm. maybe they want to do, you know, a, a marathon or something like that. There's a specific goal. I think for everyday life, just going back to a little bit earlier, what I was saying about the, you know, everyday person maybe doesn't have a large athletic goal, but wants to say in health and fitness, would they be able to utilize your pillars in the same way without becoming overwhelmed with data? Cause I know that's actually one of the things I think you said yeah. it on your website that you want to be able to get people away from the tools and tricks, right. Yeah. So that they can live in this way. I think authentically, let me call it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's one of, it's a big, big challenge. It's a big challenge for me because I love data. Um, Same. And I, I, like, I love, I love understanding at an intricate level, like what's happening. What do they, what does this thing do? And that's why I'm doing inside and metabolic efficiency training. On the other hand, the, again, it has to come to what's the point. The point is that um, we become the highest technology that we know we at how we're feeling i mean it's the whole intuitive eating movement he's like how are you feeling but or i should say and we also have to know when intuitive eating for athletes doesn't work right so mm-hmm. wake up in the morning have no desire to eat but must do workout it happens to be a harder workout like so anything more than a walk and therefore i must eat that's not intuitive eating like that is like forcing food down your throat. And so, you know, there's this, but because you are understanding and have insight into your body, I will not be able to have, I won't be able to accomplish the stress in my, in my effort. So a lot of, um, females may be like, well, I think I'm working hard and I would ask, okay, so how is it that you're fueling prior to your workouts, because I would like to, I would like to question, I'd like you to be curious about whether you actually are working to your hardest effort. And the reason why that matters that, that we get that heart rate up is because it's a muscle and we don't want to lose our muscle. We don't want to move that heart muscle, nor do we want to lose our physical like the, the, our, our biceps, our, our quads, our hamstrings, our, our gluteus maximus, that beautiful butt that does so much work. We don't want to lose those muscles. And guess what's happening in perimenopause and beyond with the lowering of estrogen is that we are all of a sudden challenged to be like, oh man, that beautiful um, ergogenetic egg, <laughs> that ergogenetic aid I know it's such a hard word to say, right. Um, is. is not helping us build that muscle. And therefore we need to stimulate it on our own. That's why we need to do hard things. So what's the hard thing. So if, if, you, if um, a female is out there and listening and just like, yeah, but I'm doing all the stuff I'm doing all the work I'm doing, I'm hitting that I'm going to spin class five times a week. Well, Hey, that's way too many. 
Why? Because you're never actually stressing the system to the level which you actually are capable of. Why? Because you're in a chronic stress. And so it's starting to, it's really, this is where it becomes a little bit of a, not a little bit, this is where it becomes a commitment to understanding what's happening in physiology mm -hmm. and saying, I want to know about my body and how this is working. And that's, that's where Anne and I are starting to explore, like, how do we understand whether the person who is coming into the program is ready to say, all right, I'm ready to dive. I have, I'm creating the space to dive, to understand what stress actually means mm -hmm. at an intimate level within your body. If you, if you don't have curiosity, it's not the right thing. I, I am not the right coach for you. <laughs> I will tell you, because that's that's where it has to come. It's like I I want to know how I'm going to fit this stuff into my life, and I want to say, and I want you to know what it takes to do hard things, and to know and want recovery, and to acknowledge. Like we have one of my athletes, Diane. She wouldn't mind me saying this, and she is overcoming some injury, and so she's going to a physiotherapist, and she's getting some other work done, and so. I said to her, well, I, I need you to take a backseat on the strength program. And she's like, well, why? I'm like, because what do you think physiotherapy is? Look <laughs> at strength work. It's mm -hmm. hard work. And so there's this real push and this pull. The same thing for another athlete of mine. I just had another conversation with. She is um, she lives on the East Coast. And so she's, you know, kayaking and she's doing search and rescue. She's fishing. And I'm just like, well, what do you think all those activities are other than face aerobic work? And cause she wasn't acknowledging, she's like, I'm, I'm failing the program. So I'm never doing, you know, what's in the program. I'm like, well, oh, actually you're kind of overdoing it. Right. right. <laughs> I'm like, By the way. <laughs> and because again, it's like acknowledging all the things that we are doing to support our health and then identifying what do I need to add in or what do I need to remove so that I can go through and ensure that I'm living my best life, playing to my best, accomplishing the things that are really important to me. Half mm -hmm. of it is the lack of acknowledgement what you are doing already. Right, right. No, that's so true. That is so very true. Um, the neat principles, if you will. I think, yeah, the nutrition aspect as I'm doing my own research into cycle syncing, I'm actually, I think we discussed that Dr. Stacey Sims, I mean, going through her yeah. program as well. I read, I'm reading the, um, Alyssa Vitti's book, uh, oh. in the flow. Did you read that too? Oh yeah, I have it. I'm super interested in, in it, but, and, cool. and I'm also, I also have a lot of curiosity and being like, okay, so what's the other side? What, what, what might be missing here? Because so what you're speaking to is some real intricate and high level syncing up mm -hmm. in my mind that's the highest level of syncing up a lot of what elisa um what what she's in the flow is talking mm -hmm. about and i say mm -hmm. that because is the foundation there and i'm not i'm not this is she wouldn't refute this necessarily but like when we come to nutrition do we have, are we taking space to chew our food? Oh my gosh. Like, right? No, that's like the basic, like nutrition 101 
certification. Right. They teach you to slow down your eating. Slow down <laughs> your eating. And yet what we want to do and what we go on to is like the Pinterest example, right? It's like, well, I'm going to add a little more turmeric to my, my um, smoothie because maybe that'll do it. <laughs> nope, not going to do it because you haven't taken care of the foundation. Okay. And it's hard to hear because it's that, it's that foundation that sets the stage and it's the turmeric, it's those small goji berries, it's all those things that are at the upper end of performance. We want to focus on those things, but honestly, I want your, I want your diet. And I mean, like how you nourish your bodies to be as boring as possible Mm -hmm. before we start entering into, okay, now let's fine tune because then we know what's, then we have consistency and consistency is, is the key. Like we love routine and we know we thrive in routine and nobody wants routine. And we get also upset when our routine is thrown off. So we're in this constantly, like, this push and this pull is like, why can't I just get back to it? Why can't I just have, just get normal so then I can get things in place again, right? It's mm-hmm. like, that is the normal. That is your routine. Yeah. yeah. And that is how life is all, always, like, especially at this stage, like it's, you know, when this is what I love about my post-menopause athletes is that they start, especially those that ones that are retired and they're just like, oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I am going to choose because they're, you're, they're creating, they have the space to start to really think about what they want. That's good to know for when we're what's post-menopause. Coming? Yeah, what's coming. I know. That's why I got to like keep working with those that are ahead of me as well. So I keep on going. These are my inspiration. Like Diane, my inspiration, like all my athletes that are just doing crazy, amazing things. I know. And on that note, I think there is this, I don't know. I, I don't want to, I guess like a fear mongering around this stage of life. You know, when I first started studying what it is meant to be in perimenopause, I'm like, oh my gosh, is it all this stuff going to happen to me? Like I've frightened myself into learning more, which is a good and bad thing, right? Because now I know so much, but that and the menopause, you, you hear about things in menopause, just the hot flashes, you're moody, you're, you not sleep. There are all these things that are really linked together. And that's kind of what I've meant the, made the mention of the nutrition earlier, because once you figure out your why and your, you know, what's the point as you were saying, and then that next point is linking into your habits and what routine you currently have and is it serving you or is it hurting you? And then that nutritional element, which is something right now I'm just working with a lot of people on and keeping it very basic and, and kind of worry about supplements at a latter date, if they're necessary, all those things play into this, this phase of life. And we're just, but anyway, I'm kind of getting a little off topic, but you know, essentially like just being so fearful of this phase in life, but there are ways, right that you're helping people, that I'm helping people, other coaches are helping people. So you can enter into this phase of life, feeling more prepared, feel almost feeling like an, an athlete preparing for perimenopause and menopause, like it is an event because it is, <laughs> but it's it a beautiful is. evolution of the body. Right. Would you say oh, rather than, yeah, yeah, like I want, I want your listeners to just like, think of one thing that was super challenging, like 
just everybody has a one thing that was the one point in time in their life, something they went through. Maybe it was health of a loved one that you had to really support them, or maybe it was something that happened to you. Maybe it's something that you miserably failed at. And then think of the after and what you gained from it. We don't, perimenopause can be a complete discombobulation of our molecules. And it is right. Like it's our body is just like in our teenage years, really going through a whole new way of being, including the brain, the brain Mm -hmm. is as well. Like this discomfort, this brain fog that, you know, happens to many, many women in perimenopause and this kind of like, that's your brain shifting Mm -hmm. and allowing and creating new space. Like, how is it that we imagine and understand and believe our bodies to be in this time? Well, I choose that my body is in the perfect space for this discombobulation and that I'm going to come out on the other side, having an insight and a knowledge and a belief that, wow, this thing that I, I get to live this vessel that is, is mine to be in is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it that we imagine this time? This like, think of, um, uh, Dr. Jen Gunter was talking about heat blooms, not hot flashes. She's mm-hmm. like, it, it's more of a bloom, but how do, and it's an amazing, just a difference of how a word can make in how we experience it. So the heat will just, it, it overwhelming and it just is like this rising tide and it just is, it's suffocating. And this is how many, many women describe it. And think of that as so powerful, the energy that your body has to go into that space of overwhelming, oppressive heat. And like, think of how powerful this is the female body. Mm-hmm. It's just like how in the world, like when we think about the, um, Elisa Vita, she wrote, I think it was in her book. You'll remind me is she rewrote the power of the period. Is it, was it in hers? In the flow. I think so. I think so. She rewrote how in in the in the decades be- before us, what is like our ovaries would fail and we would have a dying egg and like, <laughs> right. like right. gloom and gloom. And then she, oh, she did. yes. Yeah. Yes. And then she mm-hmm. wrote it to say in the most incredible and powerful way that I just adored of like how remarkable this thing that our bodies get to experience is and not that it makes it easier you can have hard times and still acknowledge how incredible it is or you know like it's the learning and the it's like absorbing the work mm-hmm. and how how that mindset so that's that mindset pillar can help us have gratitude help us be present with and therefore like when we can constantly try to and I think the goal is never to be like I'm not zen (laughs) I have my challenges let me tell you but like how can how quickly can I get back to that place to gratitude how quickly can I acknowledge why I'm actually upset how quickly can I move from that I'm grumpy 
to or having a really hard time or this back into my balance of going okay I actually just need a I really need to hug and I need to tell this is like a true story I'm thinking of my husband I was so grumpy yesterday morning and I was like by by lunchtime I was like a I need to go for a walk b I need a hug and c I really need time with you like I'm tired of this I need time with you and it was an acknowledgement that I missed my rock you know, I, I miss my, I miss my person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Boy, did I have to lay on my grumpiness first? Oh boy. I, I can relate to that so deeply. <laughs> so very truly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand that. I know it's so tough. And I have to say though, that once you are, once you can recognize these things, wow, what a whole new person you'll start to become. And if people can, and then take that and then give them the space to evolve, whether your world is not meant to continue six months from now, or whether you're given another 40 years, just the fact that you get that time and space to evolve and you're so aware of it and you're, and you're creating this change by just simply recognizing your thought patterns. It's you know, going back to what you said earlier, living in this world where we don't have to pay any taxes and we're all just living in this utopia. If we all were just more aware of our, how we're responding to people and ourselves. And I mean, wow. Right. What a it, difference it would make. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we can start with ourselves. Right. Yeah. And recognizing exactly. ourselves and recognizing and when, and taking that responsibility for how we show up. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's so huge. Exactly. So this has been amazing and just, I could talk with you for hours and I, I do want to have you back and I want to talk about, I'd love to talk more about the sciencey stuff with you. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be super I love fun. talking about sciencey stuff. Yeah. It's, it's like this dual kind of being, we talk so much about mindset, but there's this such this digging into science, which um, is super fun. Yeah. You know, we all have our people that we get to talk to. Uh, one of the things I like to wrap up the show in is a little twofold now, um, as I move through these episodes, I mean, you've given so many tangible takeaways, but if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with, Mm -hmm. there's that. And the second question, if there was one thing based on your own experience, either with clients or on your own, that would, you could say to people would go out and bring them more joy right now right this second (laughs) what would that be from a mindset nutrition training recovery um, standpoint of a a tip or something I would say have flexibility create flexibility and know like find your way to stay aligned with who you say you be so it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be an hour workout workout snacking is a thing (laughs) totally I love Um, that yeah, like it's it's really possible to find ways to keep moving your body and keep nourishing your body in ways that are are aligned with who you want to be. But you first got to claim, you got to claim that identity of who you want to be. What is the thing to find joy right now? I think that um, what pops into my mind is is truly like know where you're going to get your twenty second hug and connect, connect with the people that are there and see them and feel them Mm -hmm. and because the power of that touch 
is incredible and it's healing and it's um I know that when, you know, when I talk about the 20 second hug, this comes from a, um, I'm looking for my book, Amelia, and I'm going to, Amelia um, and her sister Nagaski. Um, and they, they talk about the 20 second hug in terms of like, hold your feet down to the ground. Like you are not leaning in, they are not holding you up. They are being with you. And I think that that's a really powerful way to, if you are feeling low, if you feel like you're not connected, then connect. And that's your responsibility. Yeah. It's yours to seek out and you can, and people are there for you. And that's hard to remember sometimes. Because mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. you know, like the opposite happens is we isolate when we actually need to go toward and we need to say it and we need to just do it. So get into yeah. action and get that 20 second hug. I love that. I love that. I'm going to do that today. I'm going to do it. Oh, and it's got to be 20 seconds. Like, don't be skimping on the time here, people. Get my watch on. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Everybody's going to be like, hold on. I got, I'm going to just also check my heart rate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it could be really interesting from a It could be a good science. <laughs> totally instigating the parasympathetic nervous system right there. But that's how we move through stress cycles too, right? Yes. So if you're feeling it, yes. that's. That's also how they talk about, um, you know, moving through your stress cycle. So good. Yay. All right, Miss Janelle, thank you so much. And like I said, we're going to have you back. We're going to talk about sciencey stuff. But until then, thank you so much for your time. This has been wonderful. You are so welcome. Thank you for asking me and giving me the opportunity. Of to course. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. Head over to tennielhoogland.com. There is a quote by Silken Lauman, the professional Canadian athlete that she mentioned in today's podcast episode that says, trust that all the journeys you have taken will lead you to the exact place you are meant to be, which I think is just so beautiful. Just take a moment to look over your life and all of the different experiences that you have had and walk through and just know that you are exactly where you need to be. Even if you feel like a square peg in a round hole right now, just know you're exactly where you need to be. God has brought you here. And as I said in a previous episode, if he brought you to it, he will walk you through it. This is divine intervention that you're listening today. With that, if you enjoyed listening to Tennille today and you really want to work with her one-on-one, -on -one, you can head over to elementsportscoaching.com. She has one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching through her Project 51. You could also work with her uh, doing the metabolic optimization, which is really neat. She has a seven-day challenge coming up that I wanted to mention. It starts on February 20th, and it sounds amazing. It's seven days of action so you can optimize your nutrition, training, and recovery for your unique body right away. And it's free. You can sign up on her website, but I will also link that in the show notes. So sign up for that if you get a chance. It's just a wonderful opportunity. I have been in other summits and challenges that Tennille has hosted, and they're just chock full of so much information. It's great. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you have any questions pertaining to this episode or any other one, please send me an email, Christina at and then Find me on social media, reach out to me in some way. Don't let them go unsettled. That's what we're here for. Thank you so much. Please share this with a friend, tag me on social media with a little screenshot 
or if you're feeling really gracious, leave us a five-star review. I will be talking with you solo dolo next week. Until then, enjoy your week, weekend, whatever day it is, and I will talk with you soon. Thank you.